Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Stellaris Emergency Broadcast Podcast. My name is Kyle, and I'm joined here today by a very special guest host, Space Unicorn, my friend that I play Stellaris with all the time. Space, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. How are you? Good, thank you. I brought you on especially because I was having a really hard time getting through these uh, latest Dev Diary notes. It's number 221, Balance and quality of life changes for anyone that wants to catch this. This was posted up on Thursday, August 26th. I did skip over the humanoid pack update for everyone that's curious. Also, there is a Nakama infrastructure change to cross-store PC multiplayer that my brain has not gotten into yet. But I I thought we could actually go and start with the sexier of all the updates, uh, especially before they release something new this week and I get further behind. This one space is a lot. There is topics of Void Dwellers in here. Shattered Ring gets a massive overhaul that slightly confuses me. Ecumenopolis is getting a quality of life change. And what was that word? Ecumenopolis. Ecumenopolis. I hope I'm saying that right. It's Stellaris. Pronunciations are great. <laughs> I try my best. And then there's a sorted quality of life changes at the Oh, wait, that's not even the bottom. And then it breaks into a part two. Maybe that would be saved for a part two of this podcast, depending on timing. But at the very bottom of this post, they actually pass it over to a um, different game designer and talk about changes to regular empires, machine intelligence, and hive minds. It's a really packed full one. So I would suggest if you're listening to this and you have the ability to pull the notes up next to you while you're listening to this BSing and chatter i think it's gonna be really helpful because this is a lot and this is in the vein of patch 3.1 lem that we've been talking about a lot while we're playing stellaris on the side are you ready to dive into it space yeah let's let's dive into this okay void dwellers are at the top they say they've been aware of uh, the implementation of void dwellers not being up to par I guess currently, and I emphasize guess because I've never tried them, that when you spawn in as Void Dwellers, and that's an origin, it seems, that you have, I hope that's an origin, uh, two separate traits, one positive and one negative. And what they're not liking about that is that people can gene mod out the negative trait. The positive of the two is currently something like plus 15% resources from worker and specialist jobs coupled with a negative 10% growth speed. Again, that's the positive. The negative trait is negative 60% growth speed. So what people are doing, you know, they're they're playing these void dwellers who are meant to be in habitats uh, floating around in space, and then they get to the gene mod stage, and then they get rid of the negative, if that makes sense so far. Then, well, I guess I shouldn't say then, but with the upcoming LEM update, they want to couple those two together in a way that makes it so people can't get rid of the negative. This is, again, where people might want their notes up. It's going to change, instead of those two I mentioned, to a singular that is plus 15% pop resource output on habitats. So again, emphasizing the habitat part. Negative 15% resource output on non-artificial worlds. So that's if you abandon your habitats and start settling on regular worlds. It looks like a flat negative 10% growth speed. That's kept over from the last one. And then a negative 30% happiness if you settle on non-artificial worlds. Which, 
I don't know how you feel about this space, and I don't know if you've tried Void Dwellers, but I, I think this is actually somewhat reasonable. It sounds like it's really prioritizing living in space on habitats versus trying to, like, get rid of the Void Dweller aspect and, and settle in on planets. I have played the Void Dwellers. This is the, the Belters from yeah. The Expanse is, is a sci-fi reference for what this is. And they've been on their uh, habitats for so long that that's where they prefer. And so I like this 30% happiness. Um, and I have noticed that you can easily get rid of that growth speed negative. So I'm interested to see how well this, this plays out. And, and I choose the Void Dwellers as a more of a role-playing decision than a strategic one. I Where playing robots for me is more of a strategic it's easier, it's it's more streamlined, but playing this is is more of a fantasy headspace, I should say. It's it's very doable. They're they're an easy species to play, or I mean uh, um origin. Yeah, and I wanted to say I definitely double checked. We are looking at an origin here, because I was worried for a second that I was telling everyone how much of a Stellaris noob I really am. <laughs> but I think it like I mean it's a play style like you mentioned, it's very flavorful. It seems very cosmetic um or i mean maybe that's a little harsh of a word i don't mean that to have negative connotation but it definitely feels like you're playing into a player fantasy versus maybe a huge power strength um and i'm curious because there's a bottom note here right before it actually transitions in here to the uh shattered ring information they they say at the bottom it says what this means for void dweller pops um they're gonna be most productive and happiest on habitats They'll have their bonuses removed on ring worlds and have production and happiness penalties if they settle on planets. That to me didn't, uh, okay, I, I guess, I guess, uh, so that maybe is where the, the technicality comes in. Earlier we mentioned non-artificial worlds. So a ring world is, is an artificial world, but it is not a habitat. So they get extra right. buffs on habitats, neutral on ring worlds, and then penalties if they're on organic worlds. And I I'm curious if how that's going to change people's play style with them, if at all. Uh, I don't see that being a penalty in the previous one, actually. So they didn't, it doesn't look like they got penalties for settling on non-artificial worlds at all. That seems kind of new. When you play with them, space, do you do you actually settle some of those planets, organic ones? That yeah, is, I, I do settle them. Uh, I also use robots in con in conjunction. You know the, the artificial population. Yep. And so I would settle with the robots a lot of the time, but eventually, with technology, your your negative bonuses, your habitability bonus, because that's really what it is that's hitting you the hardest, eventually goes away, and the void dwellers could easily live on a planet however the reality is is they're affected by the gravity that's why they're on the float most of the time and that's that's where their species developed so from a role play perspective you wouldn't really want to settle them on planets and the 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 way the bonus structure is set up this might go more towards that but there was that exploit that um when you start to genetically modify your species and as you get further along in the habitability bonuses change, there really wasn't a downside to playing with the void dwellers as mm. far as where they could or could not colonize. Yeah. 
I, I could definitely understand that. Like you're saying, as you tech up, your, your habitability for them is increasing big time. At the beginning, it's absolutely a concern. You don't want to settle your main species on an actual planet. Later on, it really doesn't seem to matter. Big mood. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about the Shattered Ring. Uh, for full disclosure, everyone, I recorded or tried to record. I got 20 minutes into a recording the other day and then scrapped it because this Shattered Ring update confused the crap out of me. It is a top-to-bottom redo. Um, so the Shattered Ring as it currently stands. Let's talk about that a little bit. I play this one all the time when playing with Space and our friend Mac Raven. So Shattered Ring right now, you choose it, your people spawn on one section with two destroyed sections of a Shattered Ring over there, or I should say they're damaged, and then the fourth segment of the ring is completely destroyed. It is what gives you a little bit of starting minerals because it's, I think in the origin of it, it's crashed into by a meteor, so there's this big asteroid rock in it. And um, that's what's giving you some of your starting minerals is they're, they're mining that big rock. Well, in that, you can start, uh, what is it? Not terraforming, but y y what's that called? Space. Do you remember when you go through and start chopping out the crappy things on the planet? Clearing blockers came to me in a second. Yes. Yeah. Clearing, I was going to say it's hotkey K, yeah. I believe. <laughs> I love that we thought the same thing. I was like, I don't know the name, but it's hot key K. Uh, so you go through, you start clearing these tile blockers. In there, you're getting a bunch of resources for it. And that's really powerful in the early game. It's, I think, one of the things that gives me a real upper edge against these AI that we go about at super high levels is one of my strategies for the current ring world is clear the tile blocker that has a bunch of exotic gases behind it and then build a laboratory segment or um, district, I should say, right away. I want to get my words correct because it's going to get weird as we go through these notes. So again, my strategy is clear the tile blockers, you know, spe specifically the gas, get the laboratories, Zerg science. That is all going away in this one. Uh, they actually, in this, t the first statement is, before you grab your plasma pitchforks, yes, plasma pitchforks are now canon, they say rebalancing the Shattered Ring origin is something the team has been discussing for a while. We've gone through various iterations on decreasing the initial power of the origin while keeping the player fantasy that it provides in mind and eventually settled on having the progression of the Shattered Ring resemble that of the Remnant's origin. This is big because we just got a change to the Shattered Ring. I don't know about plasma pitchforks, but... um. We kind of need neck braces for all the whiplash we've been going through on this one because just recently was when I think Shattered Ring got a lot harder. Um, with the Nemesis update, they introduced the mechanic that when you start on a Shattered Ring, you have like a Ring Dweller um, habitability modifier, which is really hard for humanoid species. It means that if you're starting on a ring world, that is their preference. And settling anywhere outside of a ring world is negative 100% habitability. So it's real, real Ouch. rough. Yeah. Which is why, Space, I shifted away uh, from the hive mind completely and have been going with our artificial intelligence style, the assimilators, because they don't care about that. <laughs> I guess I'm just doing tit for tat with their changes. 
The robots don't care where they live. They're happy anywhere. They're just glad to have planets to digest and turn into robot metals. Uh, this one's, this, this is different. And I, I really, again, encourage people to have these notes up on the side because this picture is very, very telling. They've changed the district types on the ring world. City, hive, and nexus districts. All those names depend on your empire types. Those are staying. That's what's giving your housing and your amenities. Industrial districts came in with nemesis. Those are staying. That's going to be consumer goods if you have them. Alloy production. So that's pretty good. Trade districts where clerks turn a tidy profit and artisans run their shop. I think that's already in there now, but I never play as someone that has trade stuff. Uh, but on the flip side, generator districts where your hive minds and your machine intelligence power their infrastructure. It also has a little note in here saying that uh, much like the it says, depending on who the owner of the Shattered Ring is, much like commercial and uh, generator districts, they'll swap uh, between the trade. So... Yeah, that's going to be what it is. Agricultural districts, also, same thing before. That's going to be your food production. Mining districts, though, are the new aspect. And this is where it gets even more shifty. They start to break stuff down here and explain why these mining districts are going to come into play. Like, what are they actually mining? But uh, try and follow along as this gets even more in-depth. It says, uh, as a civilization has only known life on the ring world prior to achieving spaceflight, the only resources available to you were those that made up the ring world itself. Luckily, ruined ring worlds are massive and can spare some missing broken materials without falling into their local sun. That's helpful to not collapse into the sun. Uh, it says, as such, your mining districts on the shattered ring replaces the regular mining jobs with scrap miner jobs, with a base job output of two minerals and one alloy per month. That part sounds interesting to me personally. Like, I like the idea. I like that. Right? Generate some... And it makes sense, too, because you are scrapping the ring world, which is made out of alloys and presumably minerals. Bingo. I think If there's... your alloys break down, then, then you would just have the raw material, which is minerals in this... Indeed. They have some flavor text that says these tunnels run deep into the framework of the shattered ring where materials can be mined from the ring itself. So that's what you're I like that thematically. Like you're saying earlier with the um, the belter idea. I really like the idea that you're scrap mining uh, this shattered ring that your people spawned into. It just has a cool flavor to it. They go on to say, of course, as we alluded to above, we wanted the progression for the Shattered Ring to resemble that of the Relic World from the Remnant's origin. So once you've cleared all the debris from the Shattered Ring and researched the appropriate technology, you can repair it into a fully functional Ring World segment. This is where I'm very confused. Because the picture that we're seeing is that of a decision tree. So if everyone's familiar, you know, you click on your decisions, you got all your you know, martial law and all that stuff. But what we're seeing is a repair of the Shattered Ring, the effect being the Shattered Ring will turn into a ring world, unlocking special segment districts. This is going to cost 10,000 alloy and take 3,600 days. The alloy cost is totally normal to what we're used to paying right now to repair one of the segments. It does require mega engineering. So again, very similar to what we're used to now. But what I'm misunderstanding in space, maybe you're getting a grasp of this as I'm saying this out, I think I should probably read one more segment before I ask for your analysis. But where I'm getting confused is, are we settling these other broken segments? Because like I said off the top, 
right now we we start on one of the segments and the other two are busted and until they're fixed just with us having the, the alloy and the technology to fix them they're completely unsettleable you can't do a single thing but this is kind of alluding to a system where you're getting miners to do a thing and you're clearing areas and i don't know let me let me read this one last piece this is the very final note they have on it it says on, upon completion of this monumental task, that being repairing the Shattered Ring, the districts on the Shattered Ring are upgraded into their respective Ringworld districts at a five-to-one ratio. So five agricultural districts become one agricultural segment. Since fixing up the ring means you'll no longer be clearing out material, the mining districts are removed and the ability to construct research segments is added. <laughs> Do you know what the heck this is talking about? Because this is where I literally threw my hands up in the air yesterday and was like, I'm clueless. I so. Okay. I think I've followed it along. Help, help. So I think what's happening here is that you start off with this new shattered ring world district layout mm -hmm. where you have the, looks like the districts from just any old planet, mm -hmm. honestly, right? And then you're going to mine, but you're going to mine in a special way because we use scrap miners on the shattered world. And uh, or shattered ring world, and then it says once all the rubble has been cleared out, which is um, we used to do through the decision tree, or mm -hmm. rather the clear blocker, um, you can have twenty five districts. So I'm not sure if the mining and the rubble are still separated, but either way, it looks like this new mining procedure has a timeline for how long you you know based on how many miners you probably put in there is how, how quickly you're going to burn through it. But once you're done and there's nothing less left to mine, you would need to check your decision segment of that colony, and then you can repair the shattered ring world into a full actual ring world. And then you'll get new districts. The districts that match the ring world instead of the planet districts that come with the shattered ring world. Does that kind of make sense? I can follow that. Yes, I I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, there is also to backing this idea up. It says in there, there's one more qualification or prerequisite to doing the repair of the shattered ring. And it says number of uncleared blockers has to be less than one. So again, they're saying once you clear out all these blockers, then it can be a repaired shattered ring. But I guess here's the question. That I, so that's yeah. like habitats. So when ha habitats, you can't upgrade a habitat yep. until you've built all of the districts. So I think I'm to understand then, maybe I'm totally speaking out in my butt, correct me if you think I'm wrong, but I think this is, sounds like it's taking it then from having multiple segments like we do now into the ring world itself being one big planet. Is that, because I mean, uh, uh, so here's where my brain goes again. Right now, you start with one of these segments. It's the only one that's fully functioning. Your people are living there. They're happy. And then you got to right. get the mega engineering and the 10,000 alloys. And then you can buy the upgrade to the other broken part. And that puts it into a livable condition. It's pristine. And then you go and you dispatch a colony ship and you live there. Is that not what we're getting anymore? Because how or are we still going to get four segments? Because don't you get four segments on a normal ring world? Uh, yes, on a normal one, but three on this origin, because it has that broken one with the big old asteroid in it currently. And so I'm thinking when we're all is said and done, mm -hmm. and you do the upgrade, you're going to get a full four-point ring world that looks like a normal ring world. Oh, wow. 
Do you think that's what I'm thinking? Do you think then that would that mean at that point you'd be dispatching like three colony ships to to settle the other three is how you're visualizing that? I'm not sure if it would let you settle the other two in the meantime, or if you have to repair the whole structure to a full functioning ring world first. Yeah. But essentially, yes, I'm thinking that you would need to send three colony ships just to move on to the other segments. Okay, I see where because you're we going. We don't ships for that. We don't have doors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. You can't just walk to the other segment. <laughs> um, you know, another thing that came to mind when you were talking was maybe this only applies for the first segment that your people are starting on. It's. I guess this is why I'm so confused as I play it so often and I'm so familiar with how it works right now that my brain, I, maybe the other thing is I just don't have enough of the information in front of me. So to the Stellaris team, I think I'm a bit curious because your approach makes sense to me, but I'm also, I mean, I would love to be able to settle those other two crappy segments like right off the bat like that would be really neat to be able to put down like three worlds worth of people at the start but i can't see them letting us do that i think that would be <laughs> that would make it an even more overpowered start to be honest um, you need the tech already though don't you well right now you do um in the current in the current iteration of the game you cannot touch those other districts or those uh, sorry not districts you cannot touch those other segments of the ring world until you have the 10,000 alloy and the mega engineering tech then you commission that multi-year project and then it pops out as a fully ready world for you to settle but also i think, I think that's going to be similar but i'm really thinking you're going to get that fourth ring segment with this new change is what i'm thinking I'd say cheers to that, because I, I would like to have it as well, just for and, completion. And I think the idea is that you have completed mining all of the minerals from the asteroid that hit us, and we need you to stop scrapping alloy off the sides of the ring, please. <laughs> please. Because we're going to fix it up. <laughs> and please go stop sinking it. us into the sun. We can't, our orbit cannot decay any further. Uh, it does also have a mention up above. It says, once all the rubble has been cleared out, there's space for 25 districts. And that's where they went into that conversion below where it said a five to one ratio. So five agricultural districts becomes one agricultural segment. That confuses me, though, space right there. So that's going to make an agricultural segment? Because that, I, I'm doing semantics here, right? Like, I'm just getting picky with the wording. But a ring segment right now is something we choose to upgrade. You know, it, it, do you want to upgrade part A, B, C, D? Which one do you want to fix and have it as functional? But now there's a talk in here about having five districts equals one segment. See, I'm thinking that they use the wrong words. <laughs> That's possible. So because when you make a ring world section segment, uh -huh. you have four kinds of new districts in there or five depending well you have a, a city district the blue district yep and you have um a laboratory yep and then you have uh, an energy credits and then you have an industry and from what i can remember because i'm playing with robots lately yeah, so there you go you got a green and if you have an agriculture there. one you have the agriculture one and each one of those districts is worth five of the normal districts. And I wonder if those are being called segments. Oh. Because it's really confusing because you have a ring world that's made up of four segments that also inside of it has segments that are equal to five districts each. And 
So maybe we should call the Ringworld sections quadrants since there's four of them. I don't know. But anyway, I think that's what's happening. I'm glad this just still was not like I'm glad this was almost as murky as I did it on my own yesterday. Like, I think I think now <laughs> you're understanding my confusion is like because part of me is wondering if they're trying to say and I'm sorry, everyone, I'm beating a dead horse just for the sake of having fun and just shooting the shit about it. But part of me is looking at this and wondering Okay, are we collapsing ring worlds into one large planet? Which I hope is not the case. That would that would stop me from probably building the megastructure ring world. Like if we're if we're going from four separate planets down to just one mega planet that's only 25 in size, that's not that huge relatively to just organic worlds you can find. But um I don't know. And maybe a part of this is that I'm thinking of this the wrong way because they want it to be more of the organic human-y types that are going to get that negative modifier and be stuck to the ring world. Unlike in the past, like I was saying, the machines, I use them because they don't have the habitability debuff and, you know, they can go off and settle wherever they want. I think one piece of just generic feedback I give, and we already know the Shattered Ring is, is a very over, very, very overpowered start. But I would say... It always feels to me like repairing those segments happens too late in the game with this new pop decrease thing that's come into play. Like, I, I like the pop decrease, but I do feel like populating ring worlds whenever you get mega engineering almost feels too late in the gameplay timeline. Don't know if you've run into similar things, because I know you and I run with um, Gigastructures mod. So we do Penrose spheres, and those are like, we steal our people, is that what it comes down to? Space and I. Yeah. Our tactic is nihilistic acquisition all the way. Just steal everyone off of worlds and populate your worlds with uh, Borgified worker drones. Cybernetic worker drones. It's the way to go. They're happy at least. They don't. They don't. They're all effectively nerve stapled without the actual the trait there. You quickly run out of excuses for habitability and uh, not being able to colonize new places <laughs> if you. Suck people off their planets. That's so true. Um, I think I've talked about this before on the show, but I'll just say it again. I've definitely run into the trouble, and I don't remember if this is exclusively when we're running like our Starnet mods, but we've run into that big issue where the AI is way out popping us when it comes to Galactic Council seats and all that. We've actually stopped going with the Charter of Workers' Rights because they just... I'll have like a, I don't know, what's the math on this? I'll have like a third of the population they do or something. The AI gets some real crazy time up there when they're churning out people. And I, I do wish I could keep up, but with the, the leveled out changes they did, I'm still very confused as to how that actually works. I also have not figured out the new population growth. Well, let's talk about the Ecumenopolis quality of life changes. Now, I haven't read any further than what we just went through. So this is, again, this is going to be really a cold read for me. It says, something we've received a lot of feedback on is that when a world is transformed into an Ecumenopolis is the assignment of industrial districts. Prior to 3.0, or 3.1, all of the industrial districts were assumed to be devoted to alloy production and thus converted into foundry arcologies. It says no more. In 3.1, industrial districts will convert based off of planetary designation. Ooh. With the foundry world designation, industrial districts will convert into foundry arcologies at a two to one ratio. With the factory world designation, 
industrial districts will convert into factory arcologies at a two to one ratio. With any other distinction, or I'm sorry, designation, including the industrial world designation, industrial districts will convert into both foundry and factory arcologies at a four to one ratio. Um, I only steal arcologies, so hmm. Have you ever played with I an arcology? I've never made one of these. I think this was the one where you I think this is the one where you get the the ascension perk and it has to be all blue districts first in that one. I might be totally wrong. Yeah, with the arcology project. Oh no, pardon. Okay, let me get back to reading because it actually calls that, that out. Is a hollow earth? Didn't we do hollow earth? <laughs> we have done hollow earth, though that is modded in, but you're right. That is a thing that the hive mind, I think that's the forgotten queen's mod adds that. Where if all of your districts are blue, then you can turn it into a hollow earth and get new district types to work with. But here in a sec, they actually talk about these Arcology Project Ascension Perk. It says, another change we implemented is the Arcology Project Ascension Perk and decision to restore relic worlds into ecumenopolises is now accessible to rogue servitors. Ooh, in addition, the leisure arcologies that would normally be present have been repurposed for housing biotrophies and luxurious towering arcology space. There you go. That's awesome. Wow. Look, it says pampering will be provided on floor 314, room 15 at 926 a.m. So there you go. That's where you can go get pampered. In terms of actual gameplay... I'm pretty out of the loop on this one. So I'm sorry to everybody. But like, if you've run into those troubles of having to choose between foundry, arcologies, factory, or industrial world stuff before, uh, yeah, they said the problem, the feedback they got was when a world is transformed into an ecumenopolis, the assignment of industrial districts. Hmm. Because they were, it says they so were- So it looks like that they were going to alloy production before. Yep. And- with the new industrial districts doing both alloy and oh. commercial goods. The consumer goods. The consumer goods. And you have to choose which way and what ratios through your policies, like what you're focusing. Well, it looks like you can also preset the world designation before you launch the project, the arcology project, which I'm assuming is a decision tree thing. If you choose to be a foundry world prior or a factory world, it's going to decide which arcology buildings to put in. The foundry, I think, is alloy, and the factory would be consumer goods. You, I and it see looks like it. you can split the difference as well. So if you're just in, if I'm just industrial world designation, then it's going to split the difference and do both. I see that you're totally right. Yeah, you can you can see it in the. Um how they break it down, because up top, before it's, when it's actually a relic world, you have the current industrial district slot where it's orange and it's got the icon for commercial goods, consumer goods, and uh, alloys. But then in the second one, when it's actually undergone the Ecumenopolis change, you're right, they're broken out. So now you have a purple one for alloy, you have an orange one for the consumer goods, and then you get a pink one, which looks like it's a unity thing. And that's the sanctuary arcology where all your pampering goes on. Oh, that's neat. That produces um, 28 unity. Woo, 
that's quite a lot per job there. Wow. Okay. I mean, I like that. I I don't ever use these worlds except when I steal them, which I do try. If I see an ecumenopolis, I'm like, ha ha, that's mine. But um, you'll have to look at the next one you steal. Like, give it a good once over for a few minutes and see what it really looks like. You're right. And that's actually, I, I have a reason now to pay attention since that's an upcoming change. They, and below it, have the assorted quality of life change. It says, as mentioned above, the planetary designation for consumer goods has be, been renamed to factory world because we've added an industrial world designation. And then we got a picture there for industrial forge and factory. Uh, it says multiple planetary designations for your various needs. And when we talk about these designations, I'm assuming this is that thing that we choose manually right now um, when you're telling your worlds what you want them to focus on. So if you want it to be like an agricultural world or any of that, then it gives buffs to that sort of stuff. I'm guessing where this is where that's going, unless they're actually full up moving it to a decision, but it's very hard to tell in this photo. And I don't know if it's not a decision. I don't know how you choose it for your capital because capitals don't. You don't let get you to choose, choose it for your capital. Yeah. Like your, your capital's like, I'm locked out. You can't choose me. But everywhere else you could say, this is an industrial world, which means, you, you know, you're, you're going to focus on both productions or you can choose one or the other. You know? I think you're very right on that. that that's what I'm getting out of this too. Uh, it looks like well, industri- if, you play, if you play non-machine or non-hive, then you have to factor in those civilian industries. The co- commercial goods is quite a quite right. an additional ledger. It's a very active column in the ledger, that's for sure. Solaris <laughs> uh, has a lot of active monitoring that we got to do. There's a picture here for industrial world. It says that if you set your colony to that designation. Industrial district build speed increases by 25%, artisan upkeep down by 10%, and metallurgist upkeep down by 10%. And then, uh, what's this? Subversive cult. Ooh. Megacorps uh, with both gospel of the masses and criminal syndicates no longer have access to the... Yeah, am I reading that right? Yeah. Okay, subversive cults, which are me- which are megacorps with both the gospel of the masses and criminal syndicate, to give background, no longer have access to the temple of prosperity. Instead, they now have the ability to establish a subversive shrine in their branch offices, increasing both spiritualist ethics attraction and crime on the planet. Wow. That's interesting. It says subvert expectations with deals so good, they're criminal. I like that. I like the lore behind it. Uh, I like how Stellaris categorizes evangelicals and zealots and whatnot. Same. They're, you get this like mega church, mega corp conglomerate like species out there saying, buy our book, buy our book. And, and they're treated as a criminal and subversive. And now they have to have a shrine because they can't have the Temple of Prosperity. They have to have their own shrine to go do their whatever it is they do. <laughs> Freaking agree. I, <laughs> the subversive shrine, this is also says a meeting place for followers of the subversive cult to gather and conduct their ceremonies. Approximate job production looks like uh, three unity. Is that plus six uh, amenities and then plus 10 to trade value, I think it is. Huh. I mean, I don't use Megacorps enough. Do you play them, Space? I have one. It's been a while. You're a lot more open to exploring Stellaris than I am, which is all the better to have you here. Because I, 
I hunker. I hunker with my with my gestalt. I admit, I'm a gestalt man, which is a bummer. I don't like the criminal syndicates when I'm playing a megacorp because not all megacorps have to be criminal enterprises. Mm-hmm. You can play some kind of like merchant marine type of you know ideal of of a place and and uh, where you're more focused on the trade and keeping your routes open with everybody because half your economy is based on the fact that everybody likes you and sends trade. Um, which is what I like to do when I'm doing the capitalist game. I don't like the criminals because they can set up branches in your base areas. And then you have to stop what you're doing and go pay attention to the fact that they just bought like half your government staff on that planet (laughs) or the sectors now taking a hit because they turned your governor criminal. It gets all kinds of weird. (laughs) That is strange. Wait, um, you have gangs move in and do like gang violence on your streets and take over like a colony and it's like this is ran by the mob now oh my gosh that's that's probably why i'm a little bit scared the only time in the past i've really had experience with megacorp type plays i want to say it's forgotten queen gives the ability to make your hive mind like a a megacorp ability or something like you can actually the criminal hive mind, <laughs> basically. So it's like, oh look, I can set up branch offices, but I have no idea what these are, how they work. Um, I would say let's go further, but we've almost talked for a solid forty minutes at this point. So I think it's probably best to put a little cut in this episode and then do a second parter where we go into talking about the ones below that way people can give their brains a bit of a break after going over these notes these are no small changes coming through um with the upcoming lem so again this is all part of the custodians work. the custodian teams work on the 3.1 lem patch so if you're interested and want to know more about lem they say they talk about that in dev diary 215 i did cover that uh in the pre well we covered that whenever that came out so good to take a look for that in the feed. But I'm excited overall. I am really interested, though, instead of seeing some of these changes, like the ring world going back and forth and back and forth, I want to see some changes about how they're planning on simplifying the game itself, like the UI, the way we interact with notifications, and all the other things. Because that's one of the things that Space and I often ran about is uh, notification overload, the way we're handling like species on planets, and a bunch of the other minutia that starts to add up and actually steal you away from doing important stuff like big question will space and i still be playing the amenities management game when when lem comes out or oh dear amenities management it's like a it's like a freaking uh excel management game within stellaris just to make sure your people aren't all hogging the wrong job type so those are the things I actually care about, dear Stellaris team. Like, I really want to know that stuff's being addressed. This is all kind of cool, but I want to know if it's going to be us playing the real game and not just focused on the wrong stuff. So in the next uh, little bit that we can record, this is going to go into even more minutia changes with those regular empires, hive minds, and machine intelligences. It looks like regular empires are going to get the most. And I'll admit... These are mainly edict changes, um, civic changes, and things of that sort. Some of them look really, really nice, by the way. Um, So let's do it. Let's put a little break in here. Space, thank you so much for joining me to talk about this. Thank you for helping me make sense of the Shattered Ring. I think there's a lot more information that we need to see on that before we can finish up talking about how that works. 
Um, but hopefully it comes out here in the next month or so. So we'll get in there and boots on the ground, get to play with it. If anyone is interested in joining us, you are welcome to come and join the Gilded server. It's like Discord, but on steroids. So if you want to do that, go over to revelatornetwork.com forward slash Gilded. It gives you a uh, quick little application form to fill out. Say you're an interested listener in Stellaris Emergency Broadcast, bada bing, bada boom, submit it. And then within like a, an hour or so, I'm always online. I uh, accept that and you can hop in. Give yourself the, the SEB role, the SEB role. You can just right click your name in the sidebar, add that, and it will give you access to the Stellaris channels that we got there. We can see it. You can play with us. We have not done a, a big community game since before I moved, actually. So that was back in late June, early July we did one. So we should get one of those going. If you guys want to join us, feel free. And then you can add me up on Steam as well. Kyle Paranormal. But get in the Gilded. Get in the voice chat with us and have a good time. Space, thank you again so much. I will see You're you welcome. after our break. Goodbye, everybody. Totally.